0: Welcome to another episode of NY Just Fans Podcast with hosts Darren Sharman and Chris. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast, Instagram at NY Just Fans Podcast. as we get into another week of off-season football. Um, let's talk about a little bit about CJ Mosley. He had an interview, so I'll start this off with you, Chris. Um, I, don't, I didn't get to check it out. I don't know if you or Sharman got to check it out. But uh, Chris, could you give us some, some intake on what happened in this interview? Well,
1: basically, he said he's hundred percent healthy and ready to go at camp uh no restrictions, so he's going to be full throttle and uh hearing that is is great news for uh for us jet fans because we've seen the impact this guy can make uh on the team just in that obviously only in that first half uh in the first game against buffalo uh opening week uh, last year and uh it's going to be great to have him hopefully for a full season because he's going to make such a great impact on the team, on the defense. And uh, another thing he did was for the, the head coach case did was he gave uh, Mosley's number to every, every teammate out there on, you know, on the team and uh, just kind of let them know that they could talk to him about what's been going on the past week with everything. And uh, cause he was very vocal back when Kaepernick uh, first took his knee a few years ago. And um, he was good with uh, the Ravens back then and helping his teammates get through that. So that's another big thing. He's a, he's a, he's the leader of, basically he's a leader of the defense along with Adams, obviously, but um, that's the kind of impact this guy's going to make on the team.
2: Yeah. Uh, I didn't really catch the, uh, the, the end of you myself. I caught little drips and drives of it, uh, but yeah, it's kind of the, uh, uh, the gist of what Chris said, it was kind of the same thing. Um, I just want to say that um, that the defense missed him dearly last year, and having him back on the field and the kind of guy he is off the field is going to impact the Jets tremendously. So I'm looking forward to a full injury-free year for C.J. Mosley
0: and when when healthy CJ Mosley is one of the best line linebackers in the league so um as of right now so hopefully we are going to need him with, but uh, with the uh, just schedule being tough so hopefully Mosley come in 100% like he say and and hopefully that that will impact this team um let's move on to uh oh, man so the same so the same beat writer I'm not going to put his name out there again um made another fake rumor talking about the Jets, uh it was talking to Kyle Long about ending his retirement <laughs> and Kyle Long said he never even talked to the Jets. Um Charmin, what what is going on with the with the rumors and and why and why would they think that Kyle Long would come out of retirement to play with the Jets?
2: Because there's nothing to write about right now. Uh <laughs> yeah. simple explanation. Um Unfortunately, um, I think we've said as jets fans, we've uh, said that a lot over the years that unfortunately, because of the kind of hype negative press gets when it comes to the jets, and everybody's ready to to um, read anything negative when it comes to the jets that anything you see that could be uh either a joke or something that you could make fun of the jets for, you will quickly click on it so. There's a lot of beat writers, unfortunately, that prey on that kind of uh, feeling. So, you know, that's how it is. Um, uh, I I mean, if anybody saw, had been um, seen, seen, uh, that saw Kai Long lately, you would know that he had lost a bunch of weight and he's nowhere near his plain weight. So that would be a false narrative in the first place um i mean at this point it's just sad uh that people do that um again and and i think i think the angle was like i was trying to say the negative angle was the fact that uh the trial of uh this the uh prior uh year with uh the center from carolina his name not ringing a bell right now um that's that Khalil, basically, and how, right, and how, and how that kind of, that move, which was a shot in the dark, basically fell, uh, you know, basically missed everything, it was a bad, (laughs) yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad whiff, so if, if you all of a sudden pick the, some random guard that used to play in the NFL that's retired, and then you posted it on your face on your Twitter or whatever, and said, oh, Jets are looking to get this guy, this to return. The first thing would come in your mind was the how bad of a move that Ryan Khalil move was. And you're like, oh, the Jets are at it again. Oh, my God. It's, here we go again. Same old Jets. You know, so, you know, these people pray and, and feed off that stuff. So, you know, thank God we have, you know, A GM that, for the most part, has proven that he's smarter than that. So I will stick with my GM, and I don't pay attention to these uh, weird uh, beat writers. Yeah, and you know what? And bringing him in,
1: I mean, this is a guy that's missed a lot of games the last four years. Last time he played a full season was in uh, 15— Uh, He missed uh, eight games in 2016. He missed six games in 17. He missed eight games in 2018. Then he missed 12 games in 2019. So, you know, this is a guy that's probably, you know, he was probably done, you know, physically and mentally. He was probably done. So, and you know what? I think the big problem with uh, Khalil last year was they threw him right into the starting lineup. You know, like they didn't ease him back in. And I think that's what really ruined his chances of, you know possibly being better you know i think uh he pro- you know he it, it was probably part of his fault too he probably said listen if i'm coming back i'm only coming back to start i'm not coming back to sit behind anybody so um it just didn't work out you know it was a swing and a miss last year by douglas uh no matter which way you look at it you know so and that's the first thing everybody thought about like you said when uh, when this rumor first came out and hopefully it's not true or if it is true they handle it better but like he said, if the guy's not in football shape, you know what? I, there's no way that this is going to happen. So, you know, hopefully, this is just a rumor and we can move on.
0: Uh oh, man, I just, I just, I just think you know, with the situation that we had at O line, you know, miles as well shoulda, shoulda took the swing, <laughs> and if you miss, you miss. So. I, I I don't know what how to feel about about that, but yeah, I'm hoping it's only rumors and uh and hopefully you know he just stick with the with the young guys, maybe a little bit of veteran uh presence uh you know some starts, but you know stick to the young guys and see and build off of that, and see what happens. And that's that's just my that's just my only take for that. Um, let's move to some NFL news. Uh, so Chris, uh let's 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 get this topic over with um before we move on. Um, Drew Brees, uh, Brees had had some things to say. No, I'm not going to talk too much about that. And team, his teammates and a lot of people in the not just the football community, but everybody got at Brees and he apologized. And with Roger Goodell, he said he apologized as well for saying that the, um, the NFL, the NFL was not listening. Um, so, so the two questions here is. Do you believe Drew Brees and uh, Roger Goodell's apology? And also, um, should they give Kaepernick uh, a chance? And if so, would that, think, would that make things better for the NFL?
1: Okay. Uh, well, first of all, with Brees. Brees, I, you know, I respect the man, no doubt. But you know what? Four years ago, he came out and said what he said the first time, right? That he, he will he'll never take a knee because he does it for this, he does it for that, whatever. So he said it again this time around, which, you know what? He shouldn't have. If it was an interview, why even talk about it right now? Because whatever you say is probably going to be, it's probably not going to come out the right way or it's not going to be understood the right way or whatever. So he said what he said, and then he got crushed by everybody, including his own teammates. You know, Malcolm Jenkins, that video spoke a a million words when just his emotions alone. And it just shows you how far we still got to go in this whole thing. But, I mean, there's no easy way about it. He said his apology. Hopefully, and it looks like his players, his teammates, I should say, took it and, you know, accepted it. And hopefully that the team themselves can move on from it. Goodell did the right thing by coming out forward and saying that they made a mistake. But the biggest mistake, he still didn't say anything. He didn't say he was sorry to Kaepernick, because he's the one that started yeah. all this four years ago. He didn't come out and say, you know, we made a mistake with Kaepernick, we should have, but I guess, maybe a part of why he couldn't say it, maybe it's because of the lawsuit um, that, that that he had, and cool. maybe that's why, I don't know. Maybe we'll give him that, but he still should have said something about Kaepernick, because he's, he's, the, he's the person that got blackballed, or whatever you want to call it, because of all this, you know? And that's why he hasn't been work you know, hasn't been on a team for the last three years. Is because of the knee. So, um and do I think he should get signed and would that make it better? Um I I think it would make it better if, if if a team signed him. Uh he could obviously be a good backup. My problem, and we've talked about we've talked about this before, this is the negative. He hasn't played in three years. So yeah, he's probably in great shape, but he's not in football shape. So that's a totally different thing. So mm. to, to come from not playing at all, and then you're going to come in and play after three years, obviously it's going to take a while, and who knows how long it's going to take. So yeah. is a team willing to do that? Is a team willing to say, okay, we'll bring him in? And, and, and another thing, too, before we get to that part, he's also 32, so he's not that young anymore. Not that thirty-two is old, but thirty-two for a guy that ran around, ran a lot as a quarterback. You know that's definitely going to hinder him a lot. So um, you add all these things together. Is the team going to take a chance with him? Maybe. You know they might. I don't know. Uh, but a team should. Sure, why not? You know, give him a shot. Bring him in for a workout. What? What's the worst they could do? Now you bring a guy in like that with everything going on, and he comes in. If he looks okay, then you're like, all right, let's keep him in camp. Maybe he could battle for the backup spot. I'm sure there's a team out there that doesn't have a good veteran backup quarterback that could use one. And then you get to the end of camp, and what if he looked horrible, you know, for the whole camp and also in the preseason games? What do you do? You're going to cut him? Now, if you cut him, you know you're going to get some really bad feedback from that, you know? So – it's it's a really tricky situation. As much as I would love to see him get a job for his sake, uh I don't know. It's gonna be tricky to see who who gives him a shot. You know, that's that's just my opinion. And Charmin, I don't know. Let's let's hear yours.
2: <laughs> um the whole Drew Brees thing, it basically what he did was put his foot in his mouth. Right. Um I mean I don't know how complicated this I mean, the, it's such a simple uh, explanation to why you don't say that, especially the kind of man you've been to the black community in, in Louisiana, basically, in New Orleans. Um, he should have known better than to say that. You know, he, like, they, is how he said it too. It was like a really defiant stance on something that was explained already you know, um, make no mistake about it. Um, this whole argument about not kneeling and not kneeling and not, and not is basically a, polit- a political ploy for some people in politics to kind of use to further, you know, to gain votes or, you know, that's it. There's nothing else. Everybody knows that there, in reality, there's, there's no real argument about it. There's no, Disrespect going on, you know there's no there's no no time in in the world or any time under any circumstance that i that taking a knee is disrespectful when you pray you kneel when you ask for a woman's hand in marriage, you kneel all of a sudden you take a knee when the when when the anthem is playing that's disrespectful that makes absolutely no sense you know and then we have the crowd that says oh um you, um you're disrespecting the flag and you should should respect the flag but i i don't understand what where the disrespect is 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 coming from you know so the that argument is out you know but i will say that i can't that one of the things i don't like about this conversation is the fact that the fact that the extremes on both sides uh, Drew Brees, is okay, to me, has the right to have his feelings about what the, he feels like the, should be done during the anthem. Now, if you take those feelings and try to put it on somebody else and tell them what they, they should do during the anthem, that's not your business. That's not up to you. You could feel like they're being negative if you want, but you can't force them to do something that you want to do. That's their freedom. This is America. They have the freedom to do it to respect the flag in any way, shape, or form that they feel like they need to. Our All our forefathers fought for this anthem and flag on freedom. All of us, not one section. There wasn't one section of, of people that fought for the flag and then there was some of us that didn't. No, everyone, black, yellow, white, blue, brown, whatever, every, everybody's forefathers fought that means everybody gets the rights to do whatever whatever for for when when the anthem is being played um so that's that's that that's that argument um nobody should question the emotion of the, of the of the, of his teammates because that's his that's their boy that's the guy that they look up to and for the, and at that moment when the one person you would think that would understand your plight kind of goes left field and and kind of especially in, in in view of everybody, you know, outside the locker room is saying the exact opposite of what you've been saying forever, like almost like he hadn't been listening at all, is what, is what you heard from all these Saints fans, these Saints players. They were hurt. So you can't take that away from them, that they were hurt. You might not feel hurt about it because you agree with, with, with Drew Brees, but they were hurt about it, and they have their right to be heard about it because they have a personal relationship with the man, and they believed he understood what they've been trying to say. The fact that he went totally against the grain on that is what hurt them now, going forward with apologies, the problem with I have with the apology is like I said, it's been four years. You know, Kaepernick explained what he was doing. Um, Nate Boyer, who was the, the veteran that actually told Kaepernick to take a knee, explained why he told Kaepernick to take a knee. But these, you know, it's too simple of an explanation. You know, if it doesn't really play with the whole political view of the whole thing. So there's no blue and red argument going on when you get a, a, a Nate Boyer telling you, hey, man, I told him. So you kind of erase that out of the way so that you could allow the political um, bickering to go on. Simple, simple, simple as that. That's all it is. Um, So the whole NFL thing and then how people want to boycott the NFL and all that stuff is ridiculous. It's all political arguments. It's nothing against the NFL. It's nothing against the players. It's people pulling puppet strings. Simple as that. Um, so so Goodell coming out now and saying that he he is sorry for um, ignoring or not doing enough. I mean all this, all this posturing in my opinion, it means nothing. you know after all these years, if, you, if people in, in, politi- in power don't actively do anything, I don't care how much talk you do. You know, you could you could say whatever you want. If you're not actively doing anything to help, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what Roger Goodell and the NFL does in the future. Uh, mind you, there hasn't had there hasn't been one owner. I think I haven't heard any owner come out and speak on the, on that subject. So <laughs> there you go on that. Um, so I mean, I, I like I said before, uh, I hope uh, Drew Brees is a good man. He's always shown to himself to be a good man. Um, him hurting his his teammates and their feelings—it hasn't really nothing to do with us. Everybody wants to have an opinion about it. I think I think that's a, that's between them, you know. And and everybody else that looked looked up to Drew Brees and and felt like he was kind of tone deaf in what he said is uh is really what the issue is with Drew Brees.
0: So another question. So um since we're talking about this, do you think one of the reasons why um Goodell is apologizing even though the, the owners are not apologizing is because they bias towards um like let's say the coaches, um we don't have many black coaches in the NFL. We don't have yeah. black GMs. So do you think that's one of the reasons why he apologizing too is because for being biased? Mm. Uh I I mean
2: I mean that that's kind of a I I hope no, that's part like, of it. is
0: it part of it. Right.
2: Right. I, I hope that's part of it because again, if you're gonna apologize, if he's only talking about the, the tone deaf rhetoric of the NFL and their and their owners and stuff, then yeah, I, I understand uh to a point, you know, but I don't know if he's going that far. You know, because Again, man, you know there's there's a lot of change going on. Even the 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 ridiculous. Uh, uh, remember that rule they put out where they wanted to do this ridiculous thing where you would lose picks because you didn't interview a black coach or black you guys. Remember right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of bumbling and fumbling around. Go, you know, around the NFL, and most of it is because I think there is a, an understanding. That they've kind of not been active enough over the years to help the minorities within the NFL, and that's the and and I think they're trying and a lot of the times um when when you're trying to convince somebody you're on their side, you you do a lot of big magnanimous you know <laughs> moves where you know like if you you hurt your girl, you know make your girl hurt your girl's feelings or whatever. You go out and you buy a whole big ass uh, basket of roses and you come home and you, say, and you know, and you go say, I'm sorry, honey, you know, and all that stuff, you know, mm. you know, do you, are you really sorry or you just don't want her to be mad at you? <laughs> this is the question, you know? So, so this is like, that's what I meant by I, um, um, what I meant when I said that I, our apologies are fine, but it won't really touch me unless they do something, you know. So what Davin is asking, in my opinion, that's part of the problem, you know. Are you gonna actually help minorities become a bigger part of your front offices, a bigger part of your coaching staffs? That's my question. So if they're doing stuff like that, Davin, then you could. Then I would be like, yes. You know, I end, You know, they're moving forward. And yes, there, there are steps being made or whatever, but I don't know if that apology that he said basically was about what you're saying, Davin, but let's see what they do in the future.
1: Uh, yeah, I think the apology was more about what, you know, with, with Kaepernick and I think he was trying to say it about Kaepernick without saying his name, saying that <laughs> they messed up, they should have listened to him then. And they shouldn't have blackballed him for three years and not signed him, you know. Uh, I think that was a huge part of the, um, you know, the apology. And I think that whenever the, you got to remember, whenever the, um, whenever the commissioner talks, he's talking
2: for all of the owners. Yes, he, don't, he, he can't say anything without their blessing anyway. Right, exactly. So, yes. so whatever he says is coming out of their mouths, you got to
1: look at it that way. So it, I'd, I'd rather see a guy like Jerry Jones, one of, yes. the, one of those guys come out and say it, don't get me wrong. But I know just for Goodell saying it, that was a big step. But the big thing is they didn't actually apologize directly to Kaepernick. And that, he's the guy that really, you know, that really felt um, what happened. The brunt of it. But, yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he felt the brunt of it because he didn't, he's been, you know, unsigned for three years and there's no doubt okay, fine, now I can understand that, you know, all right, the guy's been out for three years, who knows how he's going to play and all that, like I was saying earlier. But three years ago, he was still a top 20 quarterback, you know, at, at the very I least, at the forget. very least, top 20, top 25 quarterback three years ago when, you know, when, when all this started. So he could have easily been on a team for the last three years, easily. I mean, at the very least, the best quarter, best backup quarterback in the league. So, I mean, it's, it's sad what happened to him because he took a knee and, you know, you explained it too. To me, I never took it as a disrespect to the flag. I know some people did, you know, and whatever. You know, that, it, it, whenever a message comes out, it's always, well, it's really this. No, it's not that. <laughs> and he came out and said it wasn't that. He said it was what it was for and that's it. He didn't say it was against the troops, against, the, you know, all that, no. He didn't. So that's why I didn't take it. And I'll be honest, would I take a knee during the national anthem? No, that's not something I would do either. Because just like other people, it's our time to, at least for me, it's my time to honor the people that fought for this country, that is fighting for this country, and the ones that are going to fight for this country. So that's my time. I'll take a knee before, I'll take a knee after. If But I don't think it's insulting to the flag by doing it but that's just how I am, right? Obviously, if everybody does it, I guess I'll be the one that has to do it as well. But, so I understand, Breeze, I can understand, but what he said, it was just the wrong time. He should have just let it go. You know, just say, yeah, you know, I support them and that's it. You know, you don't have to say, well, this is what I have. You know, I stand for national, you know, like wrong time, wrong place. Just don't say that, you know? Cause I, listen, is Breeze a racist? I, I definitely oh. don't think so. You oh, know? We have
2: to address that too.
1: Because, yeah, no, I because... don't think he's a racist whatsoever. I mean, the guy, you know, we it's been chronicled how much the guy's donated to the New Orleans area and and everything else. He helped he helped rebuild New Orleans after uh, the hurricane as well. So I, I you know, what the guy's a great man. He's very admirable. He just said the wrong thing at the wrong time. That's that's all it was. And he apologized right away, you know, because he's seen. Like, whoa, look, I, look what I did. I didn't mean to do this, you know? I didn't mean to piss off my teammates and every player in the league by what I said. So um, I definitely don't think he's a racist. I think he's a great man. He just said the wrong thing at the wrong time. So uh, people,
2: uh, you know. People have to be careful what they who they label that word. Um, I understand that there's certain people that are in places of power that just they leave, they basically live in a world where they're not really paid, they're uh, oblivious, that's the word, to what's going on around them. Sometimes mm-hmm. it almost to the point of being like basically like you, you, you're doing it, you're basically doing it, seeing it going on, but because it doesn't really affect you. You know, you're not, you know, it doesn't really connect with you, you know. So so, you know, the 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 same as uh can you know, can you fit, you know, are you are you or am I my brother's keeper? You know, um you are. You know, because whatever hurts your brother hurts you. You know, uh it will it will come the long way around, but it will. You know um and a lot of people are basically ob- oblivious to it, but that's unfortunately the way our society works. you know we could actively watch other people suffer and because it doesn't really hurt us you know you know we does we 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 don't we don't care to help uh change the other person's life you know or change the way you know their life is going you know but but this is supposed to be different though you know. Because the America that I learned I learned to love was supposed to be a place where I am my brother's keeper, and we look out for each other, and we're better better together, or stronger together. And um, if we, if um, black, the black community is crying out for help, you know, um, then even if you don't agree with the way they're doing it, if you pay attention you know, and start actively helping them, then, the, then all this conversation is dead. You know, the fact that there's too many people being actively be, um, um, ignoring the situation is, the, is why Kaepernick had to take a knee right when everybody's paying attention. Because if somebody kneels down when the flag, like Chris said, a great amount of people in this country Will stand up, take their hat off, and put their hand on their heart when the anthem is being played. If somebody takes a knee right at that moment, he is instantly paid attention to. Because he because this is the moment that everybody's paying attention to everything that's going on. You know? So, so that is why doing kneeling was basically pay, calling attention to an issue, you know. Right at the time when everybody's eyes are right there on the flag, on everybody, you know. So so that, that to me is the explanation, you know. So we have to be careful uh, um, in a long way around what I was saying was we have to be cap- careful uh, um, labeling people, you know, because we don't like labeling ourselves. So we shouldn't do that to other people either. Um, is, is Drew Brees, uh, Has Drew Brees been tone deaf? Yes, he's been tone deaf. And, but I don't think it would be go as far an next to me, it's an extreme to call him a racist. Um, to me, that's ridiculous. Uh, it, the, these kind of extreme uh, um, calling people's names and stuff like that. That's why we can't have these conversations It's because nobody wants to sit down and have a proper conversation. You know, it's the same thing Chris was talking about a, a while ago. When, when I tell you something that hurts or I am uncomfortable with instead of Instead of telling me, oh, it's not A, it's B, listen to what I'm saying first before you come up with your feeling about the situation. It's not about you, it's about me. You know, for that moment, let me tell you how I feel. As simple as that.
0: Uh, I mean, y'all both said everything, uh, basically, that maybe I wanted to say or was going to say. So I really don't have too much words. The only thing I'm going to say is is... When the season starts, expect Drew. If there's fans, expect Drew Brees to be booed by every away away team stadium, because <laughs> Drew Brees will be the bad guy, regardless if he's racist or not racist, or if he meant to say it or meant or might not say it. But he he put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, whether they forgive him or not. But he'll okay. be the bad guy this season. Um, but hopefully, things will work out. Uh, work better in his favor, in um, his and, and you know go things his way, and maybe Roger Goodell in the NFL's way. But the actions speak louder than words. So until you until y'all prove it, um, it's just words, and that's, and that's just what it is. Um, let's move along uh, to uh, the preseason. Um, from what the NFL and the NFLPA has been talking they've been talking about playing only two games this preseason due to the fact, due to COVID-19. Um Charmin, is is this is this something that that should happen? Uh two games and and why? Um
2: like I said before, uh we're trying to tackle what the NFL should and shouldn't do uh under these circumstances. Um I think um I think a multitude of reasons uh, for a shorter season. There is um, um, because you know um, it's just it's just the the preparation of teams have been constricted because of the lack of uh, time together because of the COVID nineteen um, lack of practice time because of COVID nineteen and going forward we still really don't know how teams will do this whole practicing and, you know, and all that stuff. Because then when you're together with all these guys, you're not, I don't think it will be easy for you to go back home to your family, you know, uh, and you, you might catch some, catch something and bring it to the, to your family. You know, there's a lot of things at play here. So to me, um, precaution is always better um, and trying to limit the time frame under the circumstances makes sense. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't know if that's what that's going to be the finished product. I don't know if that's going to be the last option, their last option, but yeah, I understand why they want to.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you know what they've been talking about reducing the, uh, the preseason games anyway. Yeah. So this might be kind of like a a trial run, (laughs) so to speak, you know, like let's see how it goes for just two games. Um, instead of the four, then maybe next year might go down to three. Instead of going back up to four, maybe they'll go right in between somehow. Um, uh, I think it's going to affect teams. You know, the teams that – I think we've talked about this already. The teams that had a bigger turnover in players or coaches, those are the ones that it's going to affect because they're going to have less time to prepare for the season. And you know we talked about it on a previous episode where um, you know those are the teams that are going to be most affected because they need more time to practice, more team more time to get used to the new players, the new coaching staff, the new offense, the new defense so that's that that 's where I think it 's going to really impact i mean it 's going to it 's not going to impact a team like Kansas City and San Francisco because they 're bringing back basically the same team as last year. And they are already, you know, Super Bowl champ and Super Bowl runner-up. So, um, but um, yeah, it, it'll, it's, I, I think it's, a, It's. this is a good year to, to try different things out, I think, for the, for the you know, the NFL right. preseason, yeah. see if that works. You know, maybe the, maybe the, the players are like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do three games next year. You know, maybe three games is a better number than four or better number than two. So, yeah. Um, yeah it'll be interesting. I think the fans don't want to see more preseason games so less is better and I don't think the players want to see that many either so this this might work
0: well this is the last this was supposed to have been the last season of four four games anyway uh, under the new c rules, supposed to be three oh, after death right. so um two games uh i don't well, well the question is do you think this do you think the starters will be will be ready after after two weeks? And um, you know, and, and Willie, and, and basically, like for backups, for backups and um, third strings, or you know, to see who gets cut or not. Do you think two weeks is enough time to predict that? Uh, I, you know what, I, I think for the starters,
1: you know, if there's no battles, they'll, they'll be fine. I think you know, you you talk to the players the players will say they they don't need four games to get ready. So, this is a totally different situation, and. This year it's going to be tough because, you know, the practices have been limited, obviously. They haven't played together at all, practiced together at all, except for watching films, you know, over the internet with each other. Uh, So uh, I think uh, it's definitely going to impact, you know, the guys that are battling for spots, battling to be the backup or the third string, whatever. I think those are the guys that are definitely going to be affected because they're only going to have two games to really show the coaches – What they could do during game time yeah they're they're gonna have plenty of time and practices and stuff like that but that means nothing you know it really means what what they could do during a game and uh they're only gonna have two games and maybe what a half each maybe so maybe a full game think about it they're gonna have maybe four five quarters at the most to show what they could do on the field because you got to do you got to get the starters at least a quarter each in in those two games right? right so you know, you're talking about two quarters each game for, uh, for the backups, for the, yeah. the second strings, third strings, to show what they could do. And, you know, fair or not, you know, this is what it is this year. And, um, you know,
2: it's definitely going to affect those guys more than the starters. Sarman? Yeah, I am um, – practice is really where coaches see a lot in what players do. Um, you're given the the playbook and you likely study your position and what you're supposed to be doing. And daily, the coaches will ask you to do certain things. And if you didn't study uh, and you didn't ask questions about how you were supposed to and you're not actively trying to get better or, based, or getting better through practices, um, that's when coaches could tell who's who normally um I know fans are they regularly um get to see those undrafted guys on um on the on the field in preseason games and then that's when they take notice but for the most part coaches know them they know who those players are um yes there is a a, 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 a you know a part that that has to be played when it comes to you know the whole uh, how would you do when the lights are uh, on? When the bright lights are on, uh, fact I think that's a factor that 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 you can't really ignore, and I think that would be missed with just two games. But, but I think for the most part, coaches will know who the who is who. Um, I think if you, even if you notice um, a lot of the um, some of the um, undrafted uh, free agents, if you look at the way they. They did things um you could see that some of them were paid more large sums of money actually um the reason why that is is because they've been probably following the careers very closely and they have and they have more faith that they will fall into what uh what plans they have for the season so coaches coaches normally know what's going on and the front office and the coaches kind of know who's who's who on the team and who's gonna be the the better guys on the team. So, uh, I think, like I said, I think the whole bright lights, uh, uh, how do you play when the bright lights are turned on, I think that will be missed. But for the most part, the best players will, the cream will rise to the top.
0: Um, all right. Uh, so, Chris, uh, let's talk about Dalvin's cook, uh, Dalvin Cook, holdout. Um he basically saying that he might not play uh, this season unless if he get a new contract. What What is the pros and cons to this situation? Well, I mean, looking at it from both sides, you know, I mean, he's,
1: he's going into the last year of his deal. So, of course, you know, he wants to get paid. He's coming off a very good season. So, of course, he's looking to get, you know, a better deal. Uh, he wants to get paid. He's only getting paid like $2 million this year. Which I think is ridiculous for a player that how good he is, but with him, we've also seen him miss a lot of games. Right in his he first did. three, years. his first year is first three years, he's missed twelve games his first year, five uh, five games his second season, and then last year he missed two games. So he has missed a, he's missed uh, some some games. So it's going to be a tough call for the team to want to sign this guy again you know like they're probably saying listen give us one more year where you're playing 14 15 games and then we'll talk you know because we see what kind of production you you could do but you've also missed a lot of games so the team loves him uh the GM spoke on an interview the other day on um pro football talk I think and uh he said the team loves him on and off the field he's a great guy and that obviously very productive. So it's just that we've we've talked about this too that uh under, under the circumstances in a situation where next year the salary cap might go down because of this whole COVID mess and, and everything else. So there's a lot of uncertainty going into this year and next year, uh pertaining to that to that aspect. So teams are reluctant to give these guys big contracts because they don't know what they're going to be able to spend next year, you know? So I think it's a tough, it's a tough decision. I, I get it from his side and I get it from the team side, you know, he wants to he, but he's going to sit out. How's that going to affect the team? How's that going to affect him? Obviously not well, if he sits out the whole preseason and doesn't get any game action into, uh, and I don't think he's going to sit out the whole year. So he's going to report at some point, obviously, he wants to get paid and he wants to get his free he wants to be a free agency a free agent after this year. So it'll be interesting. I, I, I think it comes down to you know, monies and years. You know, how much money does he want? Does he want, you know, top running back money like Le'Veon Bell's got and some of them and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know if he's gonna get that kind of money, but how much does he want? I think that's what it's gonna come down to. And how many years does he want? 'Cause he's he's gonna be, I think what, twenty six uh twenty four? It's 24, 25. Yes. So you could sign him to a four-year deal, which is not bad. It's just a matter of how much. And that's gonna probably be the big question mark.
2: Yeah. Um his his he has a great argument that because of the season he had last year with uh 13 TDs that ranked him fourth in the league, and four point five yards per carry ranked him in the top twenty in the league. Uh uh, north of um, 1100 yards, I think 1135 he had, which was ranked tenth in the league. Um, I mean, he definitely changed the game, especially in the in the first half of the season for the Vikings. You could see how dynamic of a player he is, and how much how he basically changes what the um, the kind of offense that the Vikings um, have. Because as much as the Vikings want to pay Kirk Cousins all this money, like. Kirk Cousins is basically the engine that runs that team. I kind of want uh would kind of put brakes on that one. Um we know that what uh Kirk Cousins is capable of, he is a good quarterback who has flashes of greatness. Um but um Dalvin Cook is a great running back. The only issue with Dalvin Cook's argument is that he has had two seasons of injuries basically of unavailable uh, unavailability basically and the one season that he was available yes he put up big numbers but would I invest in a player that had been more injured than available that's the question and you're taking a huge risk signing a player that could get injured again and right after you just paid him a huge sum of money so I could see the team's uh, side on this, like Chris said, I could see the player side on this. Um, this is probably the last chance he's he's gonna have in signing a big deal, and he's trying to get a big deal. I think the quote from his own mouth was that he wants a reasonable extension. Of course, there's the people that come out and say that he wants about 13 million a year, like uh, Houston gave David Johnson, which I always say. Who knows? I mean, people people just want to put words in the guy's mouth. The quote that came from his own mouth was he wants a reasonable extension. And that, I understand. I mean, your last year, and you want to stay where you are and you want to, you want to make a little bit more money because you know how much of a dynamic player you are and you're not getting paid for being as dynamic as you are. I understand the argument but uh is it in the team's best interest to take a shot at especially paying you that paying you money when they're not sure if you could be you could stay you know available you know so so this is going to be a huge question here uh for the vikings um they they've proven that uh, Kirk Cousins means more to them so they gave him another extension another 30 million year, i think uh for a couple extension Uh, so, so they're, they're basically, uh, leaning on their quarterback. Um, but I think if, if Cook had been, um, healthy, I think he would have been paid already. I think the issue is availability for Cook and, uh, that's probably going to get in the way of him getting a big payday, unfortunately.
0: I think, I I just think if, uh, at least if they in talks, I think they'll, they'll, they'll send positivity towards Cook way for him to play. Um, because it's due, I think also it's due to COVID-19. Because it's because we don't know what the uh, the salary cap is going to hit. We don't know if we're going to have fans. We don't know what's going to happen. And I think it's taking a big a big hit. So I, I want to see how it plays out for Cook. I hope Cook gets paid. But just like y'all said, with injuries, but also I think the COVID-19 and the salary cap might change. If if there's no fans there, so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, let's let's since we since uh training camp is when next month, or I think um let's talk let's talk let's talk about uh two divisions uh and see if and y'all let me know if they improved or not. We'll start off with the AFC East. Um, Charmin, we're gonna start with the New York Jets. Did they improve from last season or or not?
2: Yes. <laughs> i mean um i mean you start with uh probably the worst one of the worst uh positions on the team w- which was revamped by our by a new gm with a replacement at center and at guard and at tackle both in the draft and in free agency that's going that's going to be a huge boost to the team uh uh infusion of youth at corner um removing Unavailable and on uh, mm-hmm. the performing player like Johnson at corner, that and that an overpaid too um, that needed to go. Um, uh, here's hoping for uh, Bless Austin to uh, grow into the player that he looks like he's going to be, and uh, Bryce Hall uh, maybe not gonna. He's probably not gonna be. Uh, too much in the swing in the swing of things because he's coming off an injury, unfortunately. But uh, probably Desaire and Wilson, Quincy Wilson, that was uh, traded for from the Colts, and desire who uh, who played for the Colts last year. Uh, maybe the infusion of these players will help the cornerback room uh, and the return of our uh, man in the middle, uh, C.J. Mosley, like we said earlier. Um, so I, I I definitely think uh, there's a huge improvement. And Sam Donald will be healthy for the first three games of the season this time. So
0: mm.
2: improve. Yeah, I, I definitely see an improvement. Um, like you
1: said, all these guys coming back, uh, first of all, with the injuries with Avery Williamson and CJ Mosley, hopefully a full season from them, full season from, uh, from Sam Donald as well. Uh, let's see what Bell has left behind a good offensive line. You know, was last year just – because of the bad offensive line. Um, you know, a lot of guys have to step up, obviously. Uh, like you said, the uh, offensive line improvement, without a doubt, I think the team is definitely better. We may not see it in the win-loss record this year because we do have a really tough schedule. But you know what? If we're getting better, we have to get a – we have to show that we can win some of these tough games as well if we got to make take that next step. So this is going to be an interesting season. You know, we, we may not see it in the wins and losses, but the team should be. And I think will be better. Um, and also, you know, everybody has their axe to grind about Gase. so we'll see if he improves as well. And that's uh, and that's what we'll see this year.
0: And I think it's very smart of Darnold for um, actually bringing the guys, the wide receiver core, and uh, and hurting uh, yeah. to have workouts uh, to try to build that chemistry because, like we said, we have everything that at wide receiver. So um, hopefully this this will uh, build chemistry with them, you know. So yep. that's all I'm that's all I'm hoping for. But I agree with both of y'all. Um, next next team, Chris. We got the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins.
1: Okay. Um, well, they can't do much worse, right, than last year.
0: There they weren't go. great last year.
1: <laughs> I think the biggest thing for them uh, coming in is is the development of Tua, because he's gonna elevate this team one way or the other if he plays and how good he plays um they had a decent draft they didn't have a great draft so i think they got a i would say they had to get a little bit better um i wouldn't say it was a huge i I thought they were going to get a a lot better from last year but they really i don't think they did i think they got better but not tremendously better and i think it's going to all fall on Tua because he's the big question mark either way you look at it you know even if he's healthy, how is he going to play? If he's going to play well, he may sit out the year. He may sit out half the year. So, um, otherwise, it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we've seen what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do—or <laughs> not do—consistently. Uh, <laughs> so, we've seen the good and the bad from him. And last year, he was pretty decent for Miami, but oh you yeah, know, you really don't know what you're going to get from him. I mean, he's not the youngest guy either. So, you know, how much—how much does he have left in the tank? You know he's 37, right? So, right. so we'll see. I, I think overall they did get better because I don't think you could get much worse. So uh, I, th- I think they got better.
2: Yeah, um, um, I think I think they did get better. Um, I think I think getting two in the <coughs> draft is a it's, it's gonna be a, um, a big it's gonna be a big thing for them um, addressing the offensive line uh, in the draft too. Uh, getting Austin Jackson, the kid from USC, was a good, you know, was a good uh, draft. Uh, questionable pick with uh, that uh, Noah Igbenogamy. Uh I don't know. I, I I don't know the thinking there, but we'll see how that works out. Um, so so in in I think, I think in overall addressing the offensive line, like I said, with Austin and Robert Hunt and players like that. It's good. Getting Tua on board is also good. Um, they really did a lot of uh, um, a lot of uh, basically bolstering positions that they were weak at, so they attacked those. So that works. I think that works in my opinion uh, for them. So kind of like Chris said, um, you can't get too too much worse than what they were last year. And going out and actively both in free agency and in the draft. Attacking your weaknesses, as as an indication of a of a front office and an organization, basically taking a, a step forward. So yeah, I think they got better.
0: Uh, same here. I think they got better, but they have they have they have uh, they have positions they need to improve in order to be a, a back to back to a winning team. And I don't know how it's going to play out this season, but I think they improved overall. Um, Charmin, we got the New England Patriots.
2: Oh man uh
0: <laughs> this 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 is going to be
2: uh uh probably the most uh polarizing question um wh- how much can you really take away from the patriots with the departure of Tom Brady and um i mean everybody knows that for some for most part of, of last season uh their defense were basically uh playing at a hall of fame level. Um so they they most of those guys that whole D B room is still is gonna be there. Um they kind of could read each other's mind and they play zone like no other and that zero blitz uh that they <laughs> kind of made famous last season um I mean they're still gonna be a very dangerous team but do they have the pieces like losing a lot of their front seven guys, uh, Flowers and, and a lot of other guys that they lost, uh, did they re- did they actually add um, players? And, and is Jared Seatham the starter? You know, is he going to actually produce or do enough to hold this team together where they're going to be as dangerous as they've been for the last however long it's been? I mean, this is the question, and it's a question that's going to be really hard to answer. They still have a Hall of Fame coach, and like I said, they still have a very dangerous defense. Uh, I think their issues are going to be the same like they had even when Tom Brady was there last year. Their offense is going to be a problem. Um, They still have good players there, but the signal caller is an issue, and uh, their weapons is an issue. So... I think, I think that's a toss-up in my opinion. I don't I, – I, I, uh, I think they're, they're going to be okay. I will go out on the limb and say I think they're going to be okay. I don't think they're going to be the team where everybody's scared to play them anymore. But but I don't think also they're going to all of a sudden fall apart. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to be a 5-on-11 team. I think they're still going to be middle of the road because they still have the coach and still have the defense.
1: Yeah, I I think they're definitely going to take they have to take a step back. So I and I don't think they did anything to really improve the offense. And you got to remember you lost Brady, you lost um Gronk the year before and you never replaced him. So they and they last year we seen the lack of weapons on offense really affect Brady. So yeah. now you're going to bring in a kid, you know, based, not a rookie but basically a guy who's thrown like two or three passes in his career and only in his second season. So um, I, I I don't want to say they got worse. But they definitely didn't get better. Um, and like you said, with Stidham, it's a, it's a huge coach. You know, that's the big question mark. What What is this kid going to be? Is he going to be good? Is he going to be, you know, not, you know, we really have no idea what, what this kid's going to be, you know, because we didn't see enough of him last year. We've only seen him in preseason, basically. Um, they really didn't. Uh, improve in the draft offensively. They didn't draft an offensive player until the third round. You know, ninety-first player. So um, I, I'm going to say they're going to take a step back. I mean, I don't know how much of a step back. It depends on the the quarterback play. And I don't know how good they're going to they're going to do even without you know without many weapons on offense. Defense, yes, is going to keep them in probably in every game because they're that good. And they have, like you said, a Hall of Fame coach. So that those two things combined are definitely going to keep them in the game. I don't think they're going to be a 4-12 and 12 team, but I could definitely see them taking a couple of steps back this year.
0: Uh, agree with you, Chris. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say too much, but yeah, I agree. Uh, and the last team, Chris, we have Buffalo. Buffalo. I, I'll have to say they, they definitely improved,
1: you know, picking up digs was a huge uh, that, was, that was a huge pick uh, trade um, you know with the draft I don't know if they did a great job with the draft but I think overall they're still going to take a step up because I, I, I would say Josh Allen's going to step up a little bit he's got to improve over last year if he doesn't improve this is a team that's not going to be able to take that next step um, so I'm going to have to put in a little bit of faith in him to, to improve a little bit so I'm going to take I'm going to say they're either neutral or they went up from last year.
2: Yeah, I think I think offensively they're going to be a little bit more dangerous as a team. They're, um they're uh having having a, a threat like uh Diggs on the outside is going to open up things for their tight ends and for uh their slot receiver and and you know so so they so they're going to be more you know, more of a dangerous team, in my opinion. I think, it, like any, like any other year, I think it's going to lean on how good uh, the quarterback play is going to be. You know, if Josh Allen is going to grow and take a step forward, I think then you will really see how dangerous that team can be. Because if this kid could really get his uh, accuracy down and uh, get the offense putting the, off- the offense, the offense putting the defense in better positions you're going to have a monster on your hands uh because that defense played really well last year so so a returning team that really didn't have that much turnover um all, other than really uh a few rookies from the draft which which in reality when you think about it uh i think they had a few retirements and uh players that uh, moved on from their front seven and they replaced them beautifully in the draft and in free agency um so that works out on defense for me. And I think, and like I said, uh, the ad addition of Diggs is a big deal for them. So uh, all in all, I think they were a better team. It's all up to the quarterback.
0: Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen. It's no excuses for Josh Allen to get better with, with Diggs. Uh, they finally have the number one receiver um, behind Brown and um, Beasley. So other than that, yeah, they they improve and they should be the team to win the AFC East. If not, then oof, it's going to be a lot of questions in the air. But we'll 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 say that for the season. Um, let's talk about the AFC West. So, Charmin, we'll start off with the Los Angeles Chargers.
2: Big question is again at QB for the Chargers. Um, part of the reason why they floundered the way they did. Was I think that in on the whole I think they um, they definitely underperformed. Um, I, I mean everyone knows they have two of the more potent pass rushes in the NFL, and these both of them underperformed last year. Um, but on offense, both their offensive line, which is really bad, that I don't know if they upgraded at all, uh, and they don't have a signal caller on the level of Ryan of rivers. So, um, even if they drafted the kid from Oregon, you know, um, I don't know how much of an impact that's going to be, but I know one thing on the whole, that team is very talented and still a very dangerous team. The The question mark is, the, to me is if they're going to perform up to their, uh, you know, you know and how they could actually play because on paper i think they were one of the better talented teams uh are they going to play up to that level we we'll, we'll see but um i think overall they were in my opinion uh kind of a step back because of the qb position
0: hmm.
1: yeah I, I agree i definitely think uh, a step back because of taylor at quarterback and you got to remember rivers did not even have a good year last year too so yeah. um and I still think they're going to take a step back a little bit this year. I, I, don't even, I was going to say neutral, um, but I think with Taylor, I think they're going to take a step back. I mean, the guy's a journeyman. You know, he's a good backup to have, but do you trust him to play 16 games leading your team and going into the playoffs and all that. I, he's just not that – I don't think he's that quarterback. Um, well, I hope not. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see it. I, I don't see it out of him. They do have – like you said, they have a really good team. But, you know, this, this, this league is, be, is based upon how good your quarterback is going to play. And, you know, Taylor is just – even if he has a good season, does that mean he's going to be, you know, a great quarterback? I don't know. I, I just I, – I don't see it on this team. And, and I don't see the – what do you call it? Hubert uh, making that Herbert. big of i – I'm sorry. Hubert making that big of a uh, an impact – at least not this year, maybe next year, you know, and that's probably the hope. Or maybe by the end of the year you might see him play, but so I, I'm gonna say neutral
0: or even a step back. When's the last time Tarot Taylor actually had a a good game <laughs> that we could say Right, mm, Terod Taylor actually had a, a real good game and it's been years since uh I actually saw a good game out of the out of the guy. Um so I'm definitely gonna say step back. <laughs> Because yeah. I think, I think, I think, even even if he don't do good in like, I'm gonna say four games, I think they're gonna have to bring the kid in and just let him, let him experiment and let him, you know, figure figure his ways, right? But I'll, but I'll, I'll take Sharman's uh answer and say, um, yeah, they took a step back, but um, uh, Chris, we got the lost, uh, your boy John grew in the Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> uh. I would
1: say, overall, they, they got better. Um, I think it's a, it was a young team last year, and it's still going to be a young team this year with a lot of new faces on that team. So I could definitely see them taking a step up. you know. And what's-his-name was hurt most of the year last year. Um, what was the safety's name? He was uh, out most of the year. Uh, yeah,
0: I know what you're talking about. I forgot his name. We'll go right ahead, Chris. Abram, right? Jonathan Abram. Yes. Uh, Abram,
1: yes. He's going to be, you know, if he comes back, he's going to make a huge impact. Uh, I think this team is definitely going to be better. Obviously, you know, Carr's going to be Derek Carr. <laughs> We've seen. Yes, we're getting is capable of and not capable of. So um, they're going to go as far as he goes. They got Mariota as their backup now, which is not that big of a difference from Carr. Mm. So, um, but I, I. I think they're going to be a better team. It's just they're in a tough division. Uh, Got a lot of good teams in that division. But uh, I think overall that they're going to be a little better.
2: My question is, I still had that question from the draft. Um, uh, They drafted probably the fastest wide receiver um, for the – one of the worst QBs in throwing the deep ball. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, it, it, I, think, I think I gave the stats to you guys a while ago about basically how far he, how far he throws the ball in average last year. He threw the ball in average. It's, it's like he's in the bottom three in the league. Um, he's, he's, he has a tendency to check the ball down or take the shorter routes when he reads the field. Uh I don't know if I I, I mean, I want to help the kid out and say, hey man, maybe the fact maybe the fact that he didn't really have the best weapons as the issue. But I don't think your numbers should be that bad. I wonder I understand middle of the pack, but bottom three. That I you know, that's really puzzling to me that a coaching staff will watch their quarterback knowing that you know he's he's uh his down the field throwing is not the best, and give him a down the field threat. Uh, so I'm I was puzzled at that, uh, but on, on overall they were a very talented team, and they had multiple first round picks again for the second year in a row. Um, I mean there were I mean unfortunately there's there's a lot of questions here. Like I said with uh, the wide receiver they picked, uh, I I don't know if he was rugs was the guy in my opinion for that for them. Uh the Damon Arnett pick is the same question. I I don't I don't get it. I mean I thought there were better corners on the draw on the board. Uh but to me that the pick that really fit what Carr does well is the Lynn Bowden Jr. kid from Kentucky. I think that I think that's what he does well. Pick a guy that that's a yak guy to catch the ball short and turn it into a big run, break a few tackles. That's that's more of what you know they needed, in my opinion. So, you know, there was not too much of what they did that I was impressed with. Um I am counting more on the growth of some of their players, like Abram, like Chris said, uh, and uh, uh the pass rusher from Clemson that they got last year. I hope he turns into something because most D linemen struggle. As rookies, uh, they normally progress more in the second year. So maybe he takes a step forward next year. Um, so I'm, 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 to me, I wasn't really impressed with their draft that much. Um, I'm more looking forward to the growth of the guys they had last year. And I don't know, man. I don't. I, I, my faith in Carr is slipping. Uh, so I would say they're a little better. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go out on a limb and say they're much better.
1: I think opinion. with Carr, real quick, I think they're, they're basically lighting a, a fire under his butt this year with bringing in Mariota. And I think after this year, he could be cut because he's only got like $2 million in debt cap next year. So I could definitely... This is like... He's one of those players we could talk about in another podcast as like a boom or bust year for them. You know, it's like they're... Well, what are they going to do? Like, they got to prove. Carr's got to prove that he's a legit franchise quarterback this year. There's no more excuses, you know, because after this, he's got, you know, after this, he's got basically a dead cap next year of 2.5, and then the following year, nothing. So he could be cut after this year. So he's in that, he's mm-hmm. in that position now. He's got to do, do something this year. So maybe that's what the Raiders' mentality is right now and say, hey, we're we'll bringing a veteran behind him to kind of push him a little bit. And let's see what he's got,
0: and they got rugs for him. <laughs> so, it's a lot of questions, but yeah. just not enough answers right now. So I'm I'm on a neutral side of this. Um, I just I I I, I mean, Car Car's been in, been in the league for how long now, and and we just haven't seen saw a winner, an elite quarterback that's a winner. Um, so yeah, I think I think is I think it's behind us on the line. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the A word, but I think it's behind us on the line. So I'm on I'm on the neutral <laughs> side. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So Charmin, we got the uh, the Denver Broncos. I think the those are the da-
2: those these guys have been the darlings of the offseason. Um I think turn on the NFL network or any um, NFL programming and you will see uh, people gushing over their draft. And also, what uh, what you saw, uh, Drew Locke do in the limited limited action, uh, a lot of people were surprised uh, by his tenacity, because he was at first up and then down a little bit. Then he then he kind of made a run in the end of the season. You could see he has a talent for throwing the ball long and accurately. Um, then and they kind of uh, fostered that. They kind of bolstered that. They gave him targets uh um, so I would say uh I in my opinion that they've uh taken a step forward with a caveat in my opinion you still have issues at the offensive line and as much you could buy as many wide receivers as you can but if you if you can't um block your for your for your quarterback you're gonna have an issue uh so I I on on the defensive side they really uh uh underperformed last year um there was no real sighting of uh, Vaughn Miller and uh Bradley Chubb was injured so the return of Bradley Chubb and the return of a probably healthier Vaughn Miller um would probably be um be conducive to a better season in my opinion so so I would say they took a step forward with one caveat, in my opinion. Uh, I just want I just want to see what that offensive line looks like because I thought that would be something that they would have attacked a little more, and they didn't. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Denver, I, I would
1: say, definitely took a step forward. Um, but like you said, the offensive line and Drew Locke too. You know, like what what is this guy going to be? Is he going to be what he was those last couple of games where he looked good Um, so, I mean, he's, he's got the weapons, obviously he's got Judy. He has the kid that from last year that, that, uh, Cortland Sutton. Um, and they also signed, uh, Melvin Gordon. So they, they got the weapons on offense without a doubt. So if they could protect them a little bit, there's, there's no doubt that offense is going to go and the defense, like you said, Von Miller, and uh, with Chubb coming back, that's that's going to be a, a, an incredible pass rush. So um, they should be better, no doubt. Um, plus, they signed AJ uh, Boye uh, as a corner. So um, I, I would I would say they're going to take a step up. You know, obviously it's going to come down to uh, Locke. You know what he could do, but I'm going to say definitely a step up.
0: Def definitely improved. Definitely improved. Uh... I just I just hope I just hope that uh they they move forward because if not John Elway's behind is on the line as well. <laughs> and yeah. I'm gonna leave it at that. So uh Chris, we got the last team and that's the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Kansas City Chiefs
0: uh, uh <laughs>
1: man, they won the Super Bowl. I hate to say it, but they probably got a little better, you know? Um drafting uh Hilaire, the running back. So obviously offensively they're they're just as good or better. Defensively, we'll, we'll see what they're going to do. Um, they didn't make any moves, really. Nothing, no major moves for this team. So they are what they are. And last year, they were the Super Bowl champs. And they're basically bringing back the same team. And we've seen how good they were last year. So uh, either neutral or better. So I'm going to say better.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> It's crazy that you that you see a team that played the way they played could be better, but i think I think one of the things that if if their quarterback could play a whole season uninjured, yeah look out um because as well as good as he played last year, you have to remember that for most of it he played with a uh what was it partially dislocated kneecap or something like that or whatever it was um and uh so so i think. I think even even what they did kind of both even going out and trying to add even more weapons on offense is kind of crazy when they're probably by far the best offense in the NFL. So yeah, uh, a small step forward in my opinion.
0: Can't go nothing. Can't go wrong with Patrick Mahomes. So um I think they took a step forward but also uh Patrick Mahomes might might be might be in the running for MVP this season. So I'll I'll leave it at that. Um so that's it for our podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at JustFansPodcast. Podcast. Um until next week, we we out of here. We're taking flight out of here. Take flight. Take flight. Take flight.